Hey, I'm Jeanette Patillo, respectful parenting coach for Cycle Breakers. You're listening to Parenting Differently, the podcast to help you learn how to parent differently, where you can learn how to be calm and patient with your kids while not being a pushover and get your kids to listen to you without being a dictator. I can help you learn the tools and the skills to be the respectful parent that you want to be and have a home that is founded in peace and respect. This parenting style is simple, but it's not easy. It takes a lot of work from you consciously and intentionally every single day. So if you're ready to get into it, then let's get to work. Hey, Cycle Breaker, welcome to the podcast this week. If you are a parent who sometimes loses it on your kids, um, you sometimes are a little harsher with them than you would like to be, you're a little bit rougher with them than you would like to be, and this is something that you experience, then this podcast episode is for you because we're going to be talking about that today and apologizing to kids whenever we mess up and do things that doesn't really align with respectful parenting. But first, I wanted to tell you that I hope that you're having a really good week. I'm also having a pretty good week. I have been really happy that it's been starting to warm up consistently. I live in East Tennessee, right outside the Great Smoky Mountains, and it's been rather cold recently, but it's been starting to warm up now over like the last, over the weekend and this week it's looking like it's going to be pretty warm and um, I'm excited because I like playing outside and I lived in Florida for several years and then Georgia for several years and I moved back here to Tennessee and I was like, man, did I forget what it was like to live with four seasons? Because in Florida and Georgia, it's like your winter is like a month. That's it. <laughs> At least where I was living. And, uh, I guess I kind of forgot what it was like to have cold last more than that, but it's starting to get warm now. I hope it's starting to get warm wherever you are so that you can get out and play more with your kids because outside time is just so beneficial. But anyways, on to the episode topic for today, which is apologizing to kids. So as cycle breakers, it's like we're going to mess up, right? Like, because learning to parent differently and learning respectful parenting is a continual process of learning and personal growth. Even whenever we feel like we've got it all figured out, it's like, we, I mean, we have human brains, you know, and you're going to get tripped up. Even whenever you feel like that you know everything and you have all of the tools, your brain is still going to sometimes trip you up. Just letting you know now so you aren't surprised or you don't like beat yourself up about it whenever you feel like you've reached this ideal parent that you want to be and you tell your kids to shut up or you yell at them or you stomp away or something that you feel like is bad. You know, just trying to prepare you that that's still probably going to happen whenever your needs aren't being met or... You're just, your stress, your frustration tolerance is really low because of circumstances. It happens to all of us. It doesn't mean you're failing or you're like a terrible, selfish parent who doesn't love their kids or anything like that. What is important though is that you apologize and make it up to your kids. 
because this is the essence of respectful, healthy relationships in our families. It's to be able to admit when we are wrong and acknowledge how we made someone feel and then work together towards solutions. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about how we can apologize to our kids. Like, really, sincerely, genuinely apologize. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit more about why this is so important. I've got four reasons. The first one is because whenever we apologize, we are modeling that behavior to our children. So naturally, they're going to be learning from us in that moment. And after consistency, they will begin to develop that skill as well and be able to respectfully and genuinely, sincerely apologize too. And that's what we all want for our kids. We want to raise sincere, genuine children who are able to acknowledge and admit whenever they do something wrong. Secondly, it supports the concept of a growth mindset, not only to you, but to your child as well. A lot of times people have a hard time with apologies because it's really hard to admit that they were wrong whenever they're living in a fixed mindset world. Because whenever you're living in a fixed mindset world, whenever you're wrong, you suck. You're stupid. There's something wrong with you. Whereas whenever you're in a growth mindset world, when you're wrong... You've been given the opportunity for growth and reflection and another step closer to success. You see mistakes and mess-ups not as failures, but as opportunities to learn and grow and do better. And also just wanted to mention that high emotional intelligence and a growth mindset are very key factors in determining whether somebody is going to be successful or not in adulthood. So those are, those are things that we want to be very intentional about cultivating in our children. And so whenever we are able to apologize and admit our mistakes to our children, we are modeling that growth, mi- growth mindset concepts. Thirdly, I said this a little bit already, but it lays that foundation of mutual respect in your home. And an understanding of what mutual respect looks and feels like for your kids. It shows your child that even when someone is in a position of authority, they can still treat me respectfully. Because I still matter, even whenever I'm not an authority figure. We are teaching our kids to see the value in themselves and to teach them what healthy, functional conflict actually looks like. Lastly, it creates an environment in your home that welcomes apologies. Too often, I feel like everybody wants their kid to be apologetic and be able to apologize whenever needed. But it's like too often I see parents who want to have children who apologize or tell the truth, but then they send these messages that apologies aren't safe or okay to do. For example, they never apologize themselves as the parent... Or when they do, they flip it to make it like, well, I'm sorry I was hurtful, but if you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have had to do this. And then our kids embody that same lack of accountability in their apologies and then get scolded for an improper, insincere apology whenever we're really the ones that taught them that. So whenever we are able to do respectful, genuine, effective apologies and model them to our children, they pick up on those same characteristics of a appropriate apology, and then they do that, and then it is more effective. Because if we are 
half butt doing our apologies, then our kids are going to start doing the same thing. And then we're going to be like, don't be shifting blame on people whenever we do the same thing. And um, then that's inadvertently teaching our kids that it's not safe for them to apologize. And then that's why you have some kids that just won't apologize even whenever they know they're wrong because it's like they'll try to apologize before and then they'll get scolded for how they did it. Whenever they don't have any, they haven't been taught any tools on how to more properly apologize. There is like many, 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 many reasons why this is so important to do with your kids. But like I was just kind of talking about a minute ago, it's also important that you do it effectively. Because just like in the example that I was just talking about, an improper or ineffective apology can do harm just as much as a lack of one can. So here are the steps for you to be able to give a effective, an effective and sincere apology. Initially, you want to admit it. This models and teaches humility to our children. And you want to make sure that you be specific and direct about it. I did this and that was not okay because it was disrespectful to you. I did this and that was wrong. Or however you want to word it. The wording is not all that important. It's just you want to be direct and accountable for what you did. And I really, really want to stress here that you want to make no excuses here, okay? You don't want to say, well, I was just having a bad day, or I was just stressed out about all this, or whatever, a other excuse you might have. Because whenever we make excuses, we are not truly being accountable and taking responsibility for our behavior. And when we do this, we are teaching our kids that it's okay for them to do the same. It's definitely okay for you to say, I was stressed, or whatever, whatever you were going to say, but I should not have treated you that way. It's just important to not just be like, sorry I did this, but I was just stressed out. Because then it's like diminishing the apology. But you can say what the situation was so that you can help your child build their sense of understanding and being able to empathize with other people by saying what was your experience and what was going on for you. But you want to make sure that you're not using it as an excuse. You want to say that this is what your experience was and I should not have treated you this way because we also don't want to make our kids feel responsible for how we're feeling and we don't want to inadvertently teach them that they need to be like hyper vigilant of our emotional state so that they can tiptoe around us or whatever. That is a very toxic and not fun way to live for a child so we definitely want to try to avoid that. Anyways, whenever we do make excuses in our apologies and we be like, oh, I'm sorry I did that, but it was because I was angry or because you did this, this teaches our kids that their actions, their inappropriate actions, are justifiable according to their situation or their emotional response or their emotional state. Again, we can say that we had this going on to, you know, incite empathy and understanding for our child, but not as an excuse. So to move on, you want to describe how you hurt them, or even you can ask them questions if they're old enough in an okay state where they're able to, you know, communicate with you. 
you can ask questions so that they can freely talk about how you made them feel or how whatever happened made them feel. And then you want to sincerely apologize and saying, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? I've realized that the adding in the do you forgive me part is so crucial. I used to think that that was like extra because it's like normally whenever people apologize or you see people apologize in movies or, or at least to me, it's like you don't really hear people ask, do you forgive me or can you forgive me? And I feel like that it is very empowering to use with our children because with us being authority figures to them, sometimes whenever we apologize, or at least I think that this is how I would see it from their perspective, is that they feel obligated to accept the apology and get over it because we're their authority figure and we're apologizing. So whenever we ask the do you forgive me or can you forgive me, it's giving more of the power in the conversation to them because they can say no and then we can just be like, okay, and then we can talk about it later. And whereas a lot of times people will just say, I'm sorry, and then jump right into the next step, which is problem solving. But I mean, we're going to talk about that. But they skip over that step where that kind of like transfers some power to them and gives them, it kind of like also connects with them a little bit because it's like truly showing that you are leaving it up to them because you're the one that did wrong in this situation. And then next, you want to take action to avoid this from happening again, or you want to problem solve together and come up with solutions together. This really depends on what the situation is and how old your child is, what your guys' house routines are, and all that. But I'm going to give a few real-life examples and to kind of show what I mean by all this. So... Let's say that you harshly yank your child around to get them dressed in the morning because you're running late and they are just really fighting getting dressed. I know that this is something that I have done before. So no shame if you've done that, okay? (laughs) And an ineffective apology would look like, I'm sorry that I pulled your arm, but you weren't getting ready and I can't be late. If I didn't rush you, then we were going to be late again. And an effective apology could look like, I pulled your arm too hard back there. I'm sorry, I did that and I know that I was in a rush, but that probably hurt you or scared you. And I shouldn't have done that to you. I think we should start setting out our clothes for the next day at bedtime to help make sure that we're able to get out the door on time. What do you think? Asking a question at the end really encourages your child to join in on the problem solving. And I also like to say that this is what it could look like because you definitely want to tailor words that you use to what your natural language is and how you naturally speak with your child. The mindset and the framework that I've been talking about in this episode is what is actually important, not so much of these specific words. And I talk about that in literally almost every every episode that I do. But I like to give examples of what it could look like. I'm not saying that you should say it exactly like I said it in this writing or this uh, 
episode. I wrote it out, so I'm like reading what I wrote. But you don't have to say it like that. You could say it however feels natural and authentic to you. But for another example, let's say that you yell at your kid because you catch them playing in the sink. And there's water everywhere. Like literally everywhere. Like you might literally have floor damage right now because of how soaked the floor is. Um, an effective apology, or an ineffective apology, could be, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you could have gotten hurt, or this could have happened, or you messed up the floor, and now we have to pay all this money, and that was really frustrating, and I was just really frustrated at all the water you were wasting, and, but I didn't mean to yell. I'm sorry. And, um, An effective apology could look like, I'm sorry that I yelled. I should not have done that. You cannot play in the water alone like that, though. This could happen, or this could happen. Like, you could get hurt, or you can overflow the sink like you did, and then it'll mess up our floor, and then that will cost us a lot of money. Or whatever the situation is. If you're one of those parents who doesn't want to like discuss money with your child, which is totally, makes totally sense, but not everybody is like that, then you don't have to say something like that. It's totally up to you. Um, and then you could say, when you want to play in the water, then come let me know. I'm going to keep the bathroom door shut from now on so that you can remember to come get me if you feel the need to play in the water. And For this age, a kid that's playing in the sink is probably, like, young. So, you can ask them to engage in the problem solving with you, but sometimes for younger children, their solutions aren't really gonna always be real (laughs) or, like, something that you can actually do. So, sometimes it's better to just, like, tell them what you're gonna do to make it better for next time. We want to work intentionally and consistently to be able to respond differently in these situations because it's confusing, it's not fair, and it's just plain sucky when we apologize to our kids or even whenever somebody apologizes to us and the same things keep happening. It doesn't make you feel good and it doesn't make your kids feel good whenever you do it to them. So how do we actually do that? Because you know apologies without any action are pretty useless and can feel like manipulation as we get older. And as our kids get older, they might even start to see it that way. So how do we actually get to that point where we're able to take action, not falling into the cycle of repeating behaviors over and over and over that we would have to apologize for? The first things that you want to do is build your emotional awareness and your emotional intelligence skills, and you want to practice mindfulness. A few tips to help you strengthen your emotional awareness is to just start noticing how you're feeling whenever it comes up. So literally just try to be very intentional for a few days and any time you start to feel an emotion, say in your out loud or in your head, I notice that I am feeling this and then that helps you strengthen your awareness and For strengthening your emotional intelligence skills, that's a little harder to nip into a few tips really quick. Um, I talk about it all the time in my social media and on my emails and here on the podcast. So keep listening here and checking me out on those places to 
gener- to gradually build your emotional intelligence skills because those are skills that take time and practice to develop, just like any other skill that you could learn. And then mindfulness, a good trick for mindfulness is kind of similar to emotional awareness because awareness and mindfulness kind of go hand in hand. But mindfulness is is kind of a little simpler to practice because it's more general. You can start with being mindful or intentional on anything, right? It's just about t- training your brain to be intentional on noticing things because as our world has developed and technology has advanced and so many things have so many like great things have been happening it's like we are so used to all of the distractions and we've like learned to operate on autopilot mode and we stop noticing the things that are going on around us And so whenever you practice mindfulness, it's basically where you start with focusing or training your brain to focus on the present moment or some specific thing. Like for me, whenever I do mindfulness practice, I will either focus on my breath where I try to be very intentional about focusing on the feelings that my physically I'm feeling and like just focusing on breathing in and breathing out naturally your brain is going to wander but then you just kind of like be aware of that happening and then redirect your focus back to what is you're trying to be mindful on and really it's not to be more mindful of your breaths intentionally it's just that habit of training your brain to focus on something present moment and intentional focus is a skill that is really helpful in being less reactive and something as simple as like focusing on your breath or focusing on like all of the physical feelings that you're having in that moment like what your shirt feels like on your body what the floor feels like on your feet or your socks feel like on your feet or your your pants how does that feel on your legs something like those are the things that I do is usually like physical sensations or my breath and then like other times whenever I have like a lot more time I will be very mind I will do like mindfulness meditation on beliefs and thoughts that I'm trying to like embody but that's like a whole other topic I'm not trying to like rant about mindfulness but those are Um, the things that you can start doing and practicing so that you can learn to be less reactive so that you have to apologize less and that you are able to actually change your behavior after you apologize to your kids. And that is all that I have for this week. And thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye!